All right, David. Well, listen, I won't keep you too long. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. How's your day yeah, going of course. so far? Sorry, say again? How's your day going so far? Good, man. Good, yeah. Just been chilling, working on a little bit of music, you know. That's about it, really. Vibing. New music? Yeah, just, well, my own personal stuff. Not necessarily for Baylor, just kind of writing a different kind of style. I'm into kind of synthwave stuff as a side project, so I'm working away on that myself. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. You've been you've been busy, been kept busy over this period with like press and stuff, you know, the lead up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's 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 been good, you know. I mean, the album's out pretty soon, so you know the interviews are starting to ramp up a bit now, which is nice. Um, you know, people out there care about us, which is always a good thing. You know what I mean? So happy days. <clears throat> do you do you all share the responsibilities of this? Did everyone doing interviews individually and stuff like that? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like it's it's kind of you know who's available at the time and and you know it depends whether people are working usual day-to-day stuff you know it's we all still you know have our day jobs or whatever else we're doing you know what I mean so it's a case of who's around and who wants to take the interview well on that then I gotta ask as well do you like it yeah man I do you know I mean I I I like speaking to new people and I, I like meeting people you know I know some people kind of you know might view it as a bit of a I won't say a downer but kind of like oh it's it's a tough slog to get through or anything like that, you know what I mean? But like, to me, it never gets old. You know, I enjoy talking about music. I enjoy talking about bands and, you know, festivals, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it all day long. So for me, it's all good. Yeah, it's it's basically like talking about your life, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, who doesn't like talking about that? And, you know, comparing, you know, what, what other people are doing what with what you're doing, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's all good, man. I got to ask you then bigger question, broader. Over the last well, what, what nearly two years now, the COVID times, how have you been holding up personally? It's been tough, man. It's been tough. I mean, like like everyone, you know, I've I've had my own personal struggles. Um, you know, relationships ending, different di- different things happening, you know. But like, you just got to keep your head down and try and stay busy. That's the best the best thing I've tried to do. You know, I just finished a, a degree in music back in May. So that kept me really busy for the last year or so. You know what I mean? Uh, I was in my final year. And in some ways, you know, the pandemic almost benefited me because I had nothing to do but work on that. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, I, I don't want to talk about any sort of a positive in the pandemic because that's not the case. But, you know, you just have to find things to distract yourself, keep busy and I think most importantly, stay in contact with people too. I mean, that's 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 been a big thing, you know. And you know, where would we be without Zoom and and different things to you know have FaceTime with people? And you know, it's been tough. It's been a hard year and a half, but I think we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's interesting to say, like we sp- we ask every band artist from from the biggest to the smallest that we spoke to a similar question in regards to COVID, just to kind of get the state of play. And there's almost this guilt complex about any kind of positive you can't really talk about because it's been such a negative time. But mm. what if anything would you say has helped you get through it? Is has it been just focusing on the degree? Mainly, yeah, at least up until May, because that's when I finished. Um, and to be honest, after that, it was almost like a sense of relief. It's like I got it done, you know. So I just kind of chilled out for the summer. You know, met up with friends when I could, you know, went for meals, went to the pub, did whatever and whatever was available and whatever was open, you know, because um, like here in Ireland, I know I know in England at the moment, things are pretty, pretty all go over there. Like, you know what I mean? And it's nice, you know, and, and I wish we had that here. Restrictions aren't the worst here at the moment. You know, it's 
you know, you still have to provide, like, say, a COVID passport that you've been vaccinated to get in and book a meal or whatever, like, you know, but I think they're going to be lifting all that stuff, hopefully soon enough. So, you know, since May, I've just tried to keep busy writing some music or like meeting up with friends or looking for a job, you know, various different things like, you know, so I mean, mainly the degree kept me going, though. Yeah, I was really busy with that for like a good, the best part of nine, ten months. Well, congratulations, man. That's no easy task, even when you've got yeah, a lot man. of downtime, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was all online as well. Well, not all, but a lot of it was online lectures, which is, that was that was strange, man. It was really strange. <laughs> Sounds dry, you know? I can't imagine being able to concentrate in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you really need to just, like, you know, you're on mute most of the time, like, and, you know, unmute yourself if you have to make a point or ask a question and then you're almost interrupting your lecture and all these kind of things it's a weird etiquette it's a different etiquette to being in person and just you know chatting with someone all right then well, what about what about the pandemic's effect on Baylor do you think you guys have weathered the storm we have in the sense that we're here now about to release an album but it's been so hard because I mean for us gigging is and touring is the best thing like mm. we love it that is the be all end all as a band is to play live play shows and we haven't been able to do that, you know, in the yeah. last year and a half. We did get one show we played at Bloodstock um, back in August, but it's been so hard, like, because all we want to do is get out there on the road and we have, we just can't, you know, we just can't do it. Mm. Um, but we're hoping again that in the new year with, with, with the momentum from the album coming out, that we can get on some tours, you know, and get some shows running again. But it, it, it's affected us drastically in that sense but i think it also you know and on a positive it allowed us to concentrate on what we want to do with the album you know we didn't want to release it during the pandemic because you know we're, we're an unsigned band essentially who you know how do how do we promote an album in, in the middle of a pandemic if we can't get on the road you yeah. know what i mean it's it's really tough and okay we still can't really do that but we're at a point where like it's been a long time since we recorded it it's time to get it out so yeah. what we've been able to do during the pandemic is concentrate on what we want to get from it, what kind of videos do we want to shoot with restrictions, you know, what, what can we do within those restrictions? Um, and, you know, sorting out artwork, press, all that stuff, you know what I mean? And we've really been able to just concentrate on that, which is nice. Did you look at, throughout that period, particularly the worst points, did you look at what a lot of, a lot of other bands were doing and think, okay, we're going to take some prompts from them or we're not going to do certain things? For example, uh, live streaming and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, we did. And, and we watched, like, I mean, I suppose it was the first maybe kind of around summer 2020 is when bands started really doing the live streaming thing and you, mm. you could buy tickets to a live stream. And, you know, that's still kind of going on a little bit now, but I, it's almost like it was um, a bit of a trend for maybe four or five months. And then it kind of died down a little bit, you know, so we, we didn't show too much interest in that just purely because I guess we didn't have the means to do it really, you know, to, to well, not that we didn't have the means, but we didn't have the means to do it on the level that we would want to in terms of production and, and production values, you know, um, cause that's, that stuff's expensive, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not easy to do, you know, and it's, you know, and when we're not out there on the road, we're not making money, you know, so it's, you know, it, it's hard to dig into your own pocket for that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah, we did. We certainly looked at what the, the innovations bands are doing and how they were releasing content online, that mm. kind of stuff. Um, and I think we took bits and pieces, you know, there's no specific examples, really, because we just tried to weather the pandemic and wait for it to pass so we can get back to doing what we do. I think every band is in, you know, I think in the last year and a half, every band has been in a position where 
the industry's changed anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think there's more and more there's more and more bands out there individually like releasing stuff. They're not waiting around for a label and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's been coming for a long time anyway. And uh, but I think we saw a lot of it even more during the pandemic where bands were like, you know what, fuck it, let's just get what we have recorded out anyway, regardless of whether someone's gonna sign us or you know, put us on a playlist or any of that kind of stuff. But and and while we totally respect that, we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to get lost in the shuffle in the middle of the pandemic, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, there's there was stuff to take in positives and negatives, and it's hard. You're always dissecting things and trying to figure out what the best plan of action is. Yeah, because obviously the promotion part is the biggest problem. You know, you put it out there, all right, you stick it on Bandcamp and you want to, you get on your Facebooks and your Twitters and your whatever, and you're, you're black, black, banging on about it. Five minutes later, you're already off a news feed. And then if you work at the algorithm, a mm-hmm. month later, it gets changed. So you're Yeah, stuck. Man, the algorithm is the worst. <laughs> you know, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Instagram is pretty good, actually. But like, dude, like Facebook's algorithm man I, I we it's just constantly changing like and it's it's so hard to promote yourself unless you're willing to put money into into advertisement you know and you have to do that sometimes you know it's and it's killer because like you're just like oh, why can't i just reach everyone who's on my list if they see it they see it if they don't they don't why do I, why do we need to pay for these things you know yeah. but it is what it is and you got to you got to play the game yeah yeah that's it it's just a game as you say going back to the album disposable youth November 12th, right around the corner. Considering mm-hmm. how long how long it's been coming, especially for you, forget people who uh, haven't heard it, how does it mm-hmm. feel to be almost there? Oh, man, it's a sense of accomplishment, you know, because, like, this was recorded December 2019 with Lewis Johns over in Southampton, you know, so it's been, it's nearly two years. So, like, it, yeah, a massive sense of accomplishment, relief to finally get it out there, you know, um, and hope that people enjoy it mm. um, because we put a lot of hard work into it before recording it. And, and you know, it's it's unfortunate that the pandemic hit when it did because we were right on the cusp of, of getting it out there. You know, I'm sure like so many other bands out there as well, and we're not the only ones like, but yeah, man, it's just nice to finally have it out there and we feel like, we can move on from it, not in a bad way because we love the album, but it's just nice to, you know, start thinking about writing new music going forward, you know, because we've, we've been sitting on this for so long and we felt like we didn't want to move forward until it was out. Right. So you've not had that thing where being two years old for you, that you're almost um, musically moved on from and it it doesn't reflect who Baylor are now. You're confident it still does. Yeah, it definitely, oh, it definitely does. I mean, we haven't attempted to write new music, you know, in the meantime so i think it's very much a reflection of where we were not only musically at the time but where we still are but we'll always progress you know like any band i think you you always your your songwriting matures you know and the songs reflect that and i think the album is going to surprise people a little bit in that regard as well because the songwriting definitely has matured in, in comparison to the previous releases you know um but i would say we are very much still in that vein you know it's still it still goes hard and, and it's, you know, there's just some surprises there and I hope people will enjoy it, you know what I mean? I think they will as well. I mean, the process uh, for this album was a little bit old school, right? In that every song you kind of wrote together in the same room, you ignored what bands were forced to do during the COVID times where, you know, yep. digitally and stuff like that. What, why did you choose to do it this way? It just felt natural. Yeah. I, I think, you know, anyone can come up with an idea at home and and 
you think it's great and then you bring it to someone they're like oh change this this or this and like we've never had a problem with that we've always been open to you know it's never been like a personal thing you know people don't get annoyed if we feel like a, a riff isn't good enough or a section isn't good enough um but i think when we're in a room together and we bring ideas to the table or we come up with ideas on the spot i think everyone's mind just starts working the cogs start going and we you know someone might have an idea that you didn't have and vice versa and it's just a very natural blend for everyone to kind of chip in and and have their own say on a section or a lyric or you know a, an end riff or whatever it might be or an intro and i think we really we really excelled in that because like the album just came together so naturally and it didn't take the longest amount of time really either i don't remember the exact timeline now at this point but it was definitely within you know a few months i guess that we got the album fully written and done um and we really enjoyed the process, you know, working together in the same environment, meeting up, you know, several times a week and just trashing out some riffs and seeing what works and what doesn't work and what sticks. Considering how intense the album is, what was the atmosphere like in a the room then? Because it seems like it would it conjures up some very dark images. And I guess almost when you hear it, you want to be like, oh, please tell me they're having fun at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the energy, I mean... It's, sometimes it can be one of frustration just in the sense that like you might have a riff and you're like oh where, where does the rest of the song go we're not sure what what we should put next mm. and that kind of stuff but then as soon as you hit the next riff or the next section it's like oh yeah that would fit with this and there's just this energy everyone starts coming alive and we're all kind of smiling and you know and, you know really getting into it while we're playing it and practicing it and the energy was just Incredible, man. Like, I, I, I can't even find the right words for it, really. Like, you know, as I said, you're going from pure frustration one second to, oh, my God, this is what this is what this needs. And we found the right riff for the next part. And it's just a, a form of ecstasy. You're just like really enjoying being in that moment and feeling everything come together. And then like Alex will put vocals to it. Might not necessarily be the final lyrics at the time. He would, might just have patterns in his head. And like, it's like, oh, man, that sounded sick. Like, you know, and then he'd finally put lyrics to it or Sometimes even the lyrics on the spot were the ones that worked, you know? So yeah, man, re really cool. And I think I would love to to do that again for the next album, definitely. I suppose that's the thing in it. You start taking advantage of modern tech or if it worked the last time, but then I suppose, right? In theory, you could attempt, attempt it again. And if it isn't the same vibe, because it could have just been a moment and a capture and the perfect mm -hmm. thing for that album. Um, so yeah, see, right? Yeah, man, like, and it's, you know, sometimes, you know, you can't force things either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, if it's working, it's working. If it's not, go back to the drawing board and see where you can go from there. You know, but I think it's something I'd advise all bands to do if they're ever in a rut or anything like that. Just, you know, all meet up, see what you can do in room at the same time. You know, and I think that's, that's, it's, and it's just fun. <laughs> you know, you're just coming up with rips with your mates, like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's just a good time. And, you know, if it works going forward, great. If not, We'll find another way. It's that. It's the core. It's the core reason to ever start a band. You just want to play some riffs and have some fun with your friends. Who knows yeah. what happens afterwards? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was it easy to distance yourself from? I guess a lot of the negative worldview that bleeds from the album. That aspect. Um. At the time, no, you because you're you're kind of keeping yourself in the mindset of what you're writing. Yeah. You know, so you're really kind of when you're entering that room to write the material, you're you're you have to remember why you're angry or why there's like a nihilistic vibe about the music. Yeah. Um 
So like, you know, we wouldn't be angry towards each other or anything like that, but it's just like you're going in there with an aggressive attitude of like, this needs to hit hard and it needs to just be angry all the time. So you need to bring that energy in your music and in your mindset. But I think for me personally, I'm not sure about the others, but like going home, you know, when, when, when I go home after a jam session, you'd almost be tired. Yeah. You're mentally drained because you put so much energy into getting this done. Um, and it takes a lot out of you to, to, and I'm sure Alex would probably feel it even more because, you know, he's the one writing the lyrics for the most part. Um, and like, he he's pouring his heart out on a lot of stuff and you know that's very taxing mentally mentally draining you know so yeah i think i could say i could separate myself when i'm at home i kind of i do i take that time to chill and yeah okay you know i think about what needs to be done in regards to the music and everything but i was very much able to separate the energy shall we say of what was needed for the band and my home life yeah because yeah, the expectation is with that kind of view and the lyrical content, plus the music in general on the album, that that is something you're carrying with you. The anger about worldwide issues, looking externally uh, and internally. So I mm-hmm. guess, um, what, what was was that more the focus? Was it a matter of looking out the window and basically going, well, the world is shit, that's what we're going to focus on? Or did you also do a lot of internal? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, I, you know, Alex would have done most of the internal mm. looking, I think. I mean, we all would have kind of had a chat about it and, you know, what it was the song about and what are the lyrics about and stuff like that. Um, so there was a good mix of internal and external, like you're saying. Um, very much a, the world has gone to shit viewpoint. <laughs> um, and kind of the internal stuff is looking at, like, mental health issues, how you deal with it, you know, how people can often turn to, to uh, you know, drink, drugs whatever it may be to handle day-to-day life all that kind of stuff you know thinking about time lost how you've wasted years all that kind of stuff and and anxiety and what society brings to that that kind of to your mental state because everyone goes through it man i mean you know there's so much pressure in society for everyone to be a certain mm-hmm. way or to act a certain way or to do a certain thing you know correct or whatever to the point of view of what society thinks is correct. You know what I mean? So there's a lot there to kind of digest, I guess. But I mean, we also like, in regards to the lyrics, we like when people read them and get their own viewpoint. It doesn't necessarily have to be one single thing that we felt about it. Someone might read it and think, oh, that relates to this in their life or, or something like that, you know? So yeah, man, it's definitely a mixture of internal and external and just nihilism i think (laughs) it's a weird thing to sort of be happy about i guess but considering obviously you know finished december 2019 and now it's coming out november 2021 and things aren't much better so the album is still very reflective of how Mm -hmm. the world is um are you happy about that in the loosest terms possible (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't i don't think you could ever actually be happy about it but (laughs) yeah happy in the sense that it's it's still relevant. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's what's in our favor, unfortunately for the world, <laughs> but it's in our favor for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's still very relevant to topics, you know, not just, you know, COVID and all that kind of stuff, but world. I don't want to use the word politics because it's something we try and avoid a little bit because it's a it's just a, a rabbit hole to go down. Awesome. But world politics, if you will, and what's going on out there definitely still reflects all of that. And I think the anger that comes across from the album is still a, a very true reflection of what's going on in society. 
But I feel like that connection is what um, a lot of people are going to get. It's that anger connection. Even if you're not externally walking down the street screaming and shouting about the issues that plague you, it's something you can listen to and almost, um, what, would I, what would it be? Uh, l- like get that release through you guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very cathartic, if you will. You know what I mean? I think that's what a lot of, especially with, with, with people who listen to metal and hardcore, mm. the music is a release. It's a, it's a connection to something that you feel, whether it's going on in your life or in society, you feel a connection to it, whether it be lyrically, musically. And that there's been so many studies that have come out to show that metalheads are actually some of the happiest people in the world because, you know, mentally they get to release all this energy through the music they listen to, you know what I mean? So it's it's really interesting. Like, and I, you know, I, I consider myself to be generally quite a happy person. And I think part of that is because I get to release any sort of anger through the music I do you know and it's and it's a great thing it's a cathartic experience and I really hope that the album allows people to connect that way as well no I completely get it I've um I've had the pleasure of speaking to like some hardcore legends who terrify and intimidate based on how they are and then they turn out to be the nicest people in the world because of course yeah, man. that's how yeah. it is <laughs> yeah absolutely man yeah and it's you know I think it's the same for everyone and whether you're in a band or not you're always looking for something to distract from the problems in your life and, and various things that are going on you know well, what's interesting you know when we think of like the irish metal scene hardcore isn't often a genre that comes to mind of course of course you guys are a bit more than a hardcore band although that's the circle mm-hmm. you tend to move in are we missing something about ireland and does it have a thriving hardcore scene um yeah i mean hardcore not i mean there's not a massive scene here for hardcore mm. But there are certainly a, a few bands, you know, in the genre. Um, you know, there's uh, Last Wishes in the North. There's um, Worn Out in Cork. You have Bitter Pill, who just released some music as well in Dublin. They're really good. Mm. Um, so there's there's some bands around. I mean, look, metal. I think because we're such a small population. Yeah. You know, it's you know, it's it's never going to be, you know, the biggest genre in the country by any means, whether hardcore or metal, but there is very much a metal scene in Ireland. And, you know, things like there's a, the Siege of Limerick, which is like a, a free all day festival that happens twice a year around Easter and then around uh, Halloween. Um, and they actually managed to run it recently as well. Kudos to them because, you know, geez, like it must have been difficult with the restrictions and everything. But, you know, they had a good crowd at it, which was good. And it, yeah, it's free to enter and there's three stages, you awesome. know what I mean? And, and it's it's almost like it's a congregation of like, you know, 500, 600 people every time it's on. And it's a lot of people that know each other, a really solid community, you know, and it's something people really look forward to. So like, I would love to see more of that kind of thing pop up in Ireland. You know what I mean? The guys the guys there in Limerick, you know, Kieran Callan and, and, and Tall John, as we know him, uh, the two lads who run it, fantastic and all their crew you know it's 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 such a great thing and i would love to see more of that in dublin and in cork and in various places and there is a thri- there's a thriving metal community in ireland yeah. um, but i think there's a lack of venues to entertain that you know i think that's a big a big issue and that's i'm hoping coming out of the pandemic that maybe there might be some some entrepreneur out there and might take a risk here and there and you know maybe open new venues that would be open to having rock metal hardcore alternative music yeah i hope so because obviously the biggest concern coming out of pandemic is whether these places the places that exist now stay mm-hmm. open how, how concerned are you about that aspect 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't really heard too much about, so say the current venues that host metal gigs and stuff like that, you know, thankfully most of them are still around from what, from what it looks like. Um, but yeah, you know, speaking from my own point of view here, here in Waterford, like it's, I've seen some venues closing down and it's not great, not necessarily metal venues, but just venues in general. And it's, it's not nice to see, you know what I mean? It's the arts and music and everything hasn't been supported incredibly well, if at all, mm. throughout the pandemic. Um, I'm not sure how, that, how it is in England that way, but over here, there hasn't been a lot done to, to help artists get through the tough times and that, that that's reflected as well in different venues closing down. But I don't know, man, it's, it's kind of just a case of see the lie of the land once, once things start opening up properly, you know? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's a constantly wait and see. I mean, you're still stuck in that. As much as you want it to be all systems go for Baylor now, the new album, get out and smash this for the next year, hopefully. Is it all just still up in the air as, and wait and see? Very much so. I mean, you know, we are, you know, we're ready to go touring. Yeah. You know, I mean, like if someone rang us and or emailed us or whatever and said, we have a tour for you guys in January, we're, we're good to go. We're ready. Like we want it and, and we need it, I think, at this point in our lives for, you know, to just enjoy it and, and have that release again, you know. But yeah, it's very much just hoping that we can get back on the road. But we don't know at the moment if that's a possibility because, it looks like Britain is the only place that's really that any band can tour properly at the moment. I know there are some tours happening in the States and stuff like that, but, you know, it's obviously cost a fortune to go over there. But if we could, we would. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure what the lie of the land is in Europe, but in general at the moment either. There's obviously shows happening here and there. But, yeah, it looks like Britain's the only place that's that's fully open, so to speak. Yeah, without going too much into it, uh, but uh, yeah, whole fire and that. We've still got winter to get through over here, and uh, it ain't pretty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, these different strains and stuff that are coming in of, of the virus, you know, it's it's not easy to to look forward and, and try and predict what's going to happen because it's too unpredictable. But, yeah. you know, I'm hoping we all get through this winter and maybe if, if the numbers stay steady, we can we can start to just start living with COVID, so to speak. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um Something more positive then, though, Bloodstock. How good was Bloodstock? Everyone we spoke to was raving about that show. And considering you played the, the album in full, <laughs> that, uh, that was a lot of fun. How was it for you? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, Because uh, it was our first gig in like a year and a half. And like, um, but also even just a first, attending a first gig in a year and a half as well, you know? So it was, um, I think the first day we were there, it was a little surreal. It's like, mm. how is this? real there's like 20 odd thousand people in this one place this doesn't seem like it should be happening right now you know what i mean but it was good fun man like and you could just sense the relief and the happiness that everyone was feeling and to just be able to attend a show and not have to go around wearing a face mask and you know it was just nice it was just really really nice and and to be over there for three four days incredible man incredible and we saw some really cool bands and enjoy playing ourselves as well and playing the album from start to finish like that you know it's funny we were kind of try, trying to decide on the set for the show and we we're like you know what we're so used to listening to the album now why don't we just do it from start to finish because that feels like the correct order like but um yeah great fun man really enjoyed it and just wish we could have followed it up with more shows but it is what it is and we got to keep going it's still great it's still great it even happened david last one for you if you could sum up disposable youth in just three words, what would they be? 
Ooh, three words. Aggressive, grim, and cathartic. I'm glad you threw that last one in there because grim is the word that always everyone uses for you. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's, that's going to be the tagline going forward. David, listen, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate uh, yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Delighted to be here. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?